So in, uh, it was bad on two on the way in, but we, there was a big semi that was just crawling down Route 2. So. Well, that road is off and on just horrendous. I don't know what's, what's up with that road. <laughs> and I don't have uh, handouts again tonight. I'm sorry. Now that I've gotten paid in chocolate, maybe I'll do better. Do they look like they're needy? <laughs> what? Do they look like they're needy? Who? who? You, you said you had handouts for them. Oh. <laughs> very, very funny. Wow. We just we should just get straight to the Bible now. <laughs> Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. So we are on page 7. Is that right? Yeah, seven. Okay, so we're on item number seven, and that's traps. That's the blank is traps, if you have a handout, and it's, uh, it's traps. So Psalm 119, verse 95, The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. And uh, I was thinking about uh, in Psalm 118, that's the previous psalm over, Psalm 118, verses uh, 8 and 9, and there's a lot of things about this psalm that's that's really, really Incredible, but it says it is. No, that's five and six. Okay, so 118, verse 5. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? And so that this thought of, I, I think that, you know, in a in a real way, we can be a little overwhelmed, I guess, by the, the forces that are aligned against us as Christians, both spiritually speaking, as well as what we see in the world today in America, and, and certainly not just America, but it just seems like uh, we have a lot of, of enemies. We have a lot of people who are wanting the, the cause of Christ to not go forward, and they're working against uh, his plan, and so in, by extension, they're working against us. But uh, I, I thank God for the psalmist here. He says, I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side and will not fear. What can man do unto me? And so as we cry out to the Lord, and there's a lot of verses in the Bible about crying out to God and God answering. <laughs> you know, and, there's, and, and, I, and thank God for the testimonies that we have that I cried unto the Lord and he heard me and he helped me. And I've heard many of you talk about how many times God has met you where you were and he helped you in a wonderful way, an extraordinary way. Listen, folks, we need to be openly praising God often. And you know, let, let not just among brethren, but let, let's, let's praise his name among the heathen. Let other people know there is hope in God. And so, you know, uh, thank God for this verse. He says, I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? That is an advocate. When the Lord has said he will be with you, and, and there are lots of verses in the Bible, you know, and I was just like thinking about Joshua 1.9. I don't know if I, yeah, I did plan, I do plan on talking about that. I'll get to that in a minute. But Joshua and other places where God specifically said, 
you know, I will be with you, Isaiah 40. And, uh, and, and there's just so many places in which God explicitly says, I will be with you. Now, especially for us as Christians, that applies when we're walking with God. Now, when we're not walking with God, it might be a different, <laughs> a different dynamic altogether. <laughs> and uh, we see so many times with Israel also when they had gone away from God and then in trouble, they turn back to God and God says, cry unto your gods. You know, so God, sometimes he will leave us in a mess when we get ourselves in a mess. But uh, but he is our God and he does hear our cries. And when we trust in him, when we call upon him, he is faithful. That's that's a great deal what Psalm 119 is about. And I, the reason why I got lost here for a minute is I went to eight and nine. <laughs> and these verses, uh, these they say these are the middle verses in the Bible. So if you went to the exact middle verses in the Bible, these are them. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And certainly I think that applies to us today. <laughs> you know, and I, I am, I am, you know, it seems like I'm pre predetermined to get discouraged about America today. And you guys know how often I am want to complain or, or to to bellyache or to just cry out about about America is not what she once was. But uh, listen, we have a God that hears our prayers and he will not forsake us. He, now, this country may, you know, who knows what the future is for our country? Will America fall in a very short period of time or will it be, you know, a longer time in which it'll be a gradual decline? Because we, we have been seeing that for for decades now, just in my own lifetime, I can say that. Whatever God's plan is for the future, he will not forsake his people. Listen, that is a guaranteed truth of the Bible that God will not forsake his people. Now, the problem is sometimes we're, sometimes what's happening to us is correction. So among all those things, God is faithful. And so and that's why I wanted to share is that uh, the wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. And I, I thank God for the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do unto me. And so the, the greatest thing for fear is always fearing God. Let, let us fear God and be concerned about what he wants. And we don't need to worry about what everybody else is doing. We don't, know, we don't need to worry about what will happen to me while I'm walking with God and these people are lined up against me. We don't have to worry about that. And again, you know, there's all kinds of instances where men of God where their lives were cut short, or they faced great persecution. But it's better to face persecution standing with God than to be outside of that of that realm. It's better to be standing with God and face persecution. And you know this the, the uh, beatitudes we call them beatitudes, where you know blessed. Let's just turn there. I want to read these real quick. Matthew five. What was that? <laughs> Brother Bob, you are the peanut gallery. One man peanut gallery. These are some beautiful verses in Psalm uh, or Matthew 5, uh, verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And again, we have this, this human nature that wants to flee persecution or flee affliction flee all these things but listen the lord jesus says you are blessed if you're persecuted for the right reasons 
if you're persecuted for righteousness, right. and then there's so he says, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, but theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But then there's a whole another realm of blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So in the previous one, it was persecuted for righteousness, and then and the next higher level is when you are reviled, hated, persecuted for his name's sake. And folks, may God help us that we be found being persecuted for the name of the Lord Jesus' sake. May God help us. You know, I, I'm not saying, hey, I'm, I'm hoping we're persecuted. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if it's coming to God's people, let me be one of them. Don't let me be outside of the realm of the persecution that comes towards God's people. Let me be one of them. Because it's better to be one of them being facing persecution for the Lord Jesus' name's sake than to be out of that. May God help us to be faithful. Lord Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith in the earth? And folks, we have, we have to ask ourselves. We are his people. We have to ask ourselves, if he came back today, would he find me walking in faith? That's what is incumbent upon every one of us is to walk with God today, Brother Patrick. You said you didn't know whether there was to be a small decline or something fast right. or whatever, but when when there's a real crisis, basically, what do people, they get emotional. Right. And that's when basically the devil or deception can basically work on you the most. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says tribulation worketh patience, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that makes us so we can have a sound mind. Right. And so well, you're getting right into where we're going, not far from here. <laughs> you're touching right on that subject. So let's go ahead and, and go forward before Brother Patrick steals all my thunder. <laughs> okay, so our first le- letter there underneath 7 is A, is Satan will always be setting traps, but following the Lord closely will see us through them. Satan will always be setting traps, but following the Lord closely will see us through them. I've told you guys before about the fact that, that life is a minefield. I have a Christian song I love very much. It's called Minefield, and it's this very thought of life is a minefield. And the Lord knows the way. He knows exactly how to lead us through. And, you know, the thing is, is, is we are so wont to walk according to what we can perceive with our senses. And God, look, he specifically tells us, and again, the Bible is filled with examples of people following God, and God miraculously led them in the way they should go. And then people refusing to follow God, they went right into trouble. <laughs> now listen, those, those dynamics specifically apply to the children of God, because God is ready to lead us. And the problem is so often when we refuse to follow And so the dynamic always plays out the same. And the Bible paints this picture for us. Following God, God leads you through safely. Not following God, you will run into trouble. That is the guaranteed scenario. Brother Patrick. I'm going to start a verse earlier, but we we talked about this on Sunday. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. We're going to get there too, tonight. (laughs) You are, lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct. Direct thy paths. That's exactly where we're going right after these two verses here. <laughs> so Psalm 64. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, so jo- you this didn't is. Did you give them the crib notes? Huh? No, I didn't. <laughs> so uh, Joshua 1, 8, 9, if you'd like to turn there with me. Joshua 1. And, you know, there's a great deal of verses here we could read all leading up to this. So Joshua is taking over after Moses. And uh, so God is 
I think you see this more specifically with Joshua than you see anywhere else in the Bible, this encouragement to be strong, of a good courage, be confident, be strong in the Lord, and trust in him. So verses 8 and 9 of Joshua chapter 1, let me back up to verse 8. This, is, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success." Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And again, Joshua is being called to a service. And I think that you can see by the context here that this is something that Joshua, I don't know, the word I think of is intimidated. He is, I think that for as much as God three times in this passage I, or maybe it's four, I'm not sure which, but but repeatedly in this passage, he is stressing to Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. And, you know, then you see also, I believe it's Hebrews 13, the promise that our God will not forsake us. So our concern is just to follow the Lord's leading in our lives and not be concerned about what falls to us. Again, you know, I think that in our fairy tale mindset, we go, okay, if I follow God and do what he says, nothing bad will happen. That's not what's said. That, guaranteed, that's not what's said. What we find is God's blessing, provision, peace, they will go with us however he leads. And could that possibly mean being having our lives shortened by following God? It most certainly could. So all of these things about this fairy tale mentality of, hey, if I just do what I'm supposed to do, I won't, I won't see anything bad. That's that sort of almost a prosperity gospel of, hey, you let God come into your life, everything automatically becomes rosy. You won't have pain or conflict. What a ridiculous thing for anyone to suggest. Life by itself is filled with problems. But as a Christian, we're guaranteed by the Lord Jesus Christ we will have specific trials, tribulations, persecutions. And the more you walk with the more Lord, Lord Jesus, the more you will experience them. As though as if he could walk, if he could walk through Fredericksburg today, the Lord Jesus would find persecution. It wouldn't take long. And this world would find reasons, ways. Uh, Kamala Harris the other day quoted the Bible. <laughs> Anybody hear that? <laughs> Yeah, she, she was saying that you, you should get the vaccine because it's, it's, that's lo- what loving your neighbor is. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> well, hey, sister, I'm with you, you know. <laughs> hey, let, let me just say how little I trust this government. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have this mantra in my mind that I use to describe the government. They're uh, ineffective, uh, inept, and uh, corrupt. Inefficient, inept, and corrupt. That describes this government perfectly. So do I want to take their vaccine? I think not. <laughs> I just don't trust them. <laughs> so um, anyway, we, we, are, we are guaranteed the Lord will be with us. And spe- specifically, while we're following him, he says, be strong, be of a good courage. And again, I, I love what he says to Joshua. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And the folks, whatever we could possibly face, if the Lord Jesus is with us, 
we really don't have anything to fear. You know, the Lord Jesus, he faced difficulties that you and I cannot even possibly imagine. And he came out victorious on the other side because he was the son of God, obviously. But he also walked this life as an example unto us, specifically to everybody in this room. The Lord Jesus is our example. And so as the Lord Jesus was the, the only righteous and holy person who's ever fully, fully holy and righteous person who's ever walked the face of the earth. Listen, his example is all we need to consider. We need to obey the Lord our God and he will he will lead us and he will direct our paths. And so. Um, so, OK, so Psalm 64 it's there in your notes if you have them. Psalm 64, we're just going to read a couple of verses here. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. And then skipping on down to verse 5. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of lying, laying snares priva- privately. So they say, who shall see them? And so this is going back to verse 95 of 119. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. And so again, the psalmist here Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. In verse 5, they, can, they encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of laying snares privately. They say, who shall see them? And so, you know, look, we do have both spiritual and real or physical enemies that they can lay traps for us that we can't see. They can hunt against us. They can lay all the, all the, um, uh, all the, all the odds against us. They can do everything to hurt us. But if we are walking with God, God sees it all. What I cannot see doesn't matter if God is guiding me. <laughs> so that's that's where we're going next with all this, all these thoughts. And so if you, uh, well, I have some more notes there on the next page, but there are my notes. <laughs> so 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, we familiar with this passage. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And so my, my notes underneath that is God sees perfectly what we can't see. You know, God, you know, we, we even with our own senses and with our own understanding, we understand very little of what we see before us or what we hear. We understand very little. <laughs> and even then, you know, God is continually teaching us to unlearn the things that the world has told us to believe. And so at the, even just with what I can see and understand, I need to walk by faith and not by sight. And not according to the ways of the world, but according to God's ways. Which, you know, it doesn't take long before you are way on the outside of the, of the flow of things if you're going to follow God. It doesn't take long. Right. And so uh, God sees perfectly what we cannot see. And letter B underneath that is uh, Satan is often attempting to provoke us to, re- to react in the flesh to his traps. We are to walk by faith, following the Lord's direction, knowing God will direct us and work everything out according to his will. So let me just read this again. Satan is often attempting to provoke us to react in the flesh to his traps. If you remember Moses, you know, Moses was the Bible says that he was the meekest man on the planet in his, in his lifetime. He was the meekest man on earth, and and Israel was, you know, had this repeating theme of provoking him and provoking uh, the Lord for that matter. And so there came a time where after Miriam died, that uh, Moses, I don't know, I don't know if they caught him at at just the right time and pushed the buttons in just the right way, but uh, you know, God had told him that this is before this. He told them to smite the rock, 
and water would come out. Moses obeyed, and smote, they smote the rock, and water came out. The Bible says in Corinthians, I think it is, they carried this rock with them. And this rock was a continual source of them getting water. And so after Miriam died, the children of Israel began to murmur again. And by the way, you don't, I don't, if I remember correctly, and I think this is true, you don't ever see the, the, in their travels of the children of Israel, you don't ever see them come to a problem and say, Lord, can you help us here? Lord, we're thirsty. Can you give us drink? Lord, we're hungry. Can you give us food? The first reaction is murmuring and complaining. And listen, we, we need to be careful never to point our, our hands and say what a terrible people those Israelites were because we're capable of the exact same things ourselves. And so, again, another instance of this happening, Miriam has just died, and uh, Moses, they, they come murmuring to him and complaining, and he, in a, <laughs> in, a, in a fit, he just says, Here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water from this rock? And God had said the first time, smite the rock. God had said the second time, speak to the rock. But Moses was angry. And so they provoked him. And he said, here now, you rebels, must we fetch you water from this rock? And he smote the rock. And nothing happened. You know what he did? He smote it again. And listen, that was very much contrary to what God wanted them to see. Remember that all these Moses was a, a type of Christ. And many of these things were things that they were supposed to be teaching the people of Israel. And so Moses kind of broke the, 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 the mold there. He broke what God was teaching. And so anybody know what happened with Moses? What was a fallout from that? He did not go into the promised land. And Moses even, he came back to the Lord and said, Lord, I beseech you, show me that good land. And God said, you will not go in. And so, folks, we need to understand, you know, God is constantly worthy of being trusted. And we need to watch ourselves. And listen, I, I don't think for one second I'm pointing my finger at Moses because I am not the meekest man on planet Earth today. And I have had many times, and i, I got to say, I think it's one of my issues. I can be provoked to anger. And I can be frustrated. And I can... I can you know, especially her. She sees it. This isn't right. This shouldn't be like this. You know, and this is sort of, you know, that, that is, that's not helping anybody in any way. You know, it's not completely unlike the Israelites, murmuring and complaining. And listen, folks, these things are written for our admonition and learning. We're meant to learn from these things and not repeat the problems ourselves. This is human nature recorded for us, exactly what it's capable of, and we are to learn. We're to say, God, I see this problem in me. Help me not to fall in this same area. Brother Patrick, you're going to say something. What was that original verse? Uh, Satan provokes us to act. Was that it? Or Satan provokes us? Uh, there's lots of verses. I don't, I don't know if it was oh, specifically. The basic gist of it? I don't yeah, know. I, I, I can't tell you for sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly how it would be worded, but well, there's I mean, plenty of things that... Well, I've read a verse before that, that said something like that, right? Provoke us, provoke... Mm, no? I, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not... I just can't remember. Okay. <laughs> uh, I apologize. Well, I think it was your note, not a verse. Okay. Okay, your note. Okay, yeah, I, I'm sorry. That's letter B, yeah. Okay. Satan is often attempting to provoke us to react in the flesh to his traps. Okay. We are to walk by faith, following the Lord's direction... Knowing uh, and, and well, and this kind of goes along with this. I've got Job twenty three ten, 
in my note here, but he knoweth the way that I take. When, uh, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And what was the entire thing with Job? He didn't know it, but it was Satan saying, Job doesn't worship you for naught. You know, if you take all that he has, he'll curse you to his face. God let him do it, and he didn't. Job said, the Lord is given, the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so Satan, again, he provoked further. He said, Lord, well, all that a man hath will get skin for skin. All that a man hath, he'll, you know, I can't remember. But, <laughs> but God let him go on to test him by taking all of his health away. And, and more than that, you know, the, as you read the book of Job, you see lots of things going on. Job at one point said it, at night, the nightmares were taking him. And he, and, it, and when he lays down, he, he would be, oh, that I wish I could be up. And when he's up, he's, oh, that I wish I could lay down. I'm, I'm misquoting this. But anyway, the, everything was, his whole life was a trial. And it was Satan. Satan was specifically seeking to provoke him to curse God. And although he never cursed God with his lips, he did certainly... Uh, he came to the place where he be, he began to question God's judgment. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's the right way of saying it. But he certainly uh, he wanted to make his case to God. He wanted to because he didn't understand. And uh, but there are times you have like this verse right here. But he knoweth the way that I take. So I think there are times of, specifically with Job, faith it breaks through, and faith gives him sight. And he'll he'll come to this like a point like this. But he knoweth the way that I take, and God did. You know, and the thing that we get, and this is, it always amazes me thinking about this. You know, I've read and taught, you know, Job many times, you know, but what we get in chapter one, Job never gets. You get to the end of the book of Job, and then the first person God corrects is Job. <laughs> not Job's three friends, not an open rebuke of Satan that people can see and hear. Job is the one he corrects. And folks, that tells us something we need to know. We're the ones he's going to correct first. Judgment first begins in the house of God. God will always correct us first. That's the way it's supposed to be. I'm his child. I get corrected in this life. I won't get corrected in, in the life to come. Glory to God. My sins were judged to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I walk in this world, I am his son and he corrects me now. And it's so that I can be like him that I can grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and shine for Him, that He can be glorified. And other people can see Christ and see the judgments and the blessings of knowing God. And so, yeah, we do get judged. We do get corrected. And Job did too. But I, I love this verse, what he says there. He knoweth the way that I take. And I, I just think that, you know, when we're... When we're and I, listen, I know I, I'm not the only one that has felt at times like everything that could possibly go wrong has gone wrong. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's felt like you were under specific spiritual attack. And listen, again, you're not going to walk with God before too, before, for too long before you're going to be, you're going to have a bullseye in your head. And so, again, life itself is, is challenging enough. But as a Christian... There are specific trials. There are specific things that come against us walking with the Lord Jesus. Did you have something else? Yeah, remember that, uh, your note? Yeah. I think in the psalm before that, didn't it say something like, save me, save my soul from from the fear of my enemies? Yeah. Uh, I, something like that? Yeah, oh, okay, Psalm 64, verse 1. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. My yeah. life, okay. Yeah. That goes along with the provoking thing. In other yeah. words, he, 
He's being kept from the fear of his enemies, so he has a sound mind. Well, and fear, right. fear kidnaps, uh, you know, right. and commandeers our, our minds. Exactly. Uh, and and that's, that's a great deal of what, this, what we're looking at, what we're talking about right now, is not seeking that God will prevent us from being provoked to react in the flesh to anything, any challenge that we could face. You know, no matter what kind of trial it is, whether it's a, you know, someone cutting you off in traffic or whether it be a, a physical affliction or whether it be a spiritual thing that you're carrying. No matter what it is, we God specifically is training us up that we not react in the flesh in a carnal way, in a, in a panicking or a fear or something like that. Brother Albie? Praise the Lord. Well, and, and you know, I think a lot of. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, and the Lord Jesus in the garden, you know, the Bible's very clear that that was that was where He sweat the great drops of blood, and He was under tremendous, I think, I think stress in many different ways, spiritually, I think even physically, but emotionally, mentally, and I think in every possible way He was facing, you know, tremendous, tremendous stress. And so the Bible specifically says during that that an angel came and ministered to him. Now, what that is a wonderful picture of is the fact is, is that the Lord Jesus, God's own son, experienced an amount of stress that God sent an angel to minister to him. So listen, folks, the Lord Jesus, again, another very important example of if you're going to face any kind of stress, any kind of weight, and again, I, I feel like I I know I'm not the only one. Please don't think I'm whining here. <laughs> I guess I'm whining, but <laughs> but the point is, is that that you know, if we cry into God, He hears. You can't come to God with something too small. You can't come to God with something unimportant to Him. You come to Him with a need or a fear or, or anything. And the Bible's very clear. And and there's this is something that's part of that is that He sends you what He knows will be what we need. And again, there's an instance where the Lord Jesus himself had an angel minister unto him. And I think after, after the temptations and the, uh, the, the 40 days in the desert and, and Satan tempting him, I believe the, the Bible says angels ministered unto him. And uh, were you going to say something? I think this is about a verse that applies to what Albie was saying. Mm-hmm. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, yeah. and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. Absolutely. And yeah, there, there are those times where the Lord does not take away the things that, you know, that shake us up or have us afraid or pain or things like that. But his grace is sufficient. If God leaves us in a scenario, his grace is sufficient. And again, that again, just to, to take away the thought of that fairy tale mentality of everything will be happily ever after for the next five minutes, it doesn't work that way. You know, and, and, and the more you grow up in life, the more you understand that things just don't go away because you want them to go away. And, and I feel like Americans are being trained so poorly for life. 
And I'm always telling her, can you imagine the people of this generation, the 18-year-olds today, if they were called to storm Normandy's beach to go kill Nazis to free Europe? What? <laughs> they, need, see, they need therapy dogs. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't mean to mock. I, <laughs> my, my, here's my point: is is that you know, and, and they listen. I, I believe those guys stormed that beach by the grace of God. People, I do believe we were supposed to be involved in that war. Um, anyway, the point is, is that that we need the grace of God, and and I, it, it looks increasingly like people are. The, Having that grace is foreign to people, I guess, is where I'm going with all that. Yeah. <laughs> or worse, you know. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, again, this is the last thing for this section that we're talking about. And it's there in your notes if you have them. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And Brother Patrick already read it, but we're going to read it again. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct thy paths. Now, there's things about this verse. I know Pastor and I... A lot of people quote these verses, but they are just so special verses. <laughs> and, and, but, the, but these are very big things. There's several big things that trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now, when you see in the Bible all your heart about anything, you know, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. And you, in, in this passage, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Folks, I don't I can't speak for the rest of humanity, but I know my heart is very challenged to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. You know, listen, I know that that is the way to go, but I have things pulling on me all times. It feels like temptations, you know, discouragements, uh, you know, all kinds of things pulling in all different kinds of ways. Now, listen, to trust in the Lord with all your heart, you basically disengage from everything else. Disengage from your senses. Disengage from your experience. Disengage from what other people might say to you. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. You lean not on your own understanding. You acknowledge Him in all your ways. Listen, again, these are big, big thoughts. And I I doubt that we could plumb the depth of several of these points in these two verses. (laughs) But it is the answer. At all times, it is the answer. As we go through life, it doesn't matter what you're facing. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In, uh, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And again, you know, even get in the last part, he shall direct thy paths if we trust in the Lord. A lot of times we can't even imagine how he could answer our prayers. Isn't that true? You ever pray something and you just don't know how God will answer Listen, God knows we're finite. <laughs> the Bible says he knows our frame. He remembers that we're but dust. But yet he gives us the answer regardless. And so, listen, if we have to, I, I have prayed before, Lord, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I can repeat it now, <laughs> something along the lines of, Lord, don't listen to me the way I feel. <laughs> Lord, I'm praying to you because this is what you told me to do. And I want you to do what you know to be best in this matter. Help me my unbelief. Huh? Help me. Amen. That's a very good point. You know, so the point is, is, I mean, I could, and I guess what specifically I'm thinking of is praying for people while you know you're harboring ill feelings about something that is said or done to you. 
And so sometimes I have to ask God to just, Lord, please don't listen to how I feel about this. Help me as I'm praying about this to pray right. You know, and, and again, folks, please, please understand, I, I, I'm not teaching this as someone who has this under, you know, under control. I'm, I was going to be with you. I, I, the main thing that I struggle with is with all thine heart. Yeah. You know, and but glory to God that he is refining us. Yeah. So that that faith will increase. Amen. And, you know, the thing is, we're not supposed to give up because we can't manage the all thine heart part. <laughs> we are supposed to just keep, keep on keeping on. And uh, the Lord's faithful, and that's that's a great deal of what this is all about. Um, I guess we're at a good stopping point. I, I, I really want to. This is this is good stuff to me. So, <laughs> uh, anybody have any thoughts or questions before we close, brother? My question is: When you were whining, <laughs> were you whining up or whining down? <laughs> whining, whining. Oh, no D sorry. there, brother. <laughs> sorry. sorry, brother. <laughs> so, any other thoughts, questions? Yes, sir. And thank God, not a sparrow can fall to the ground without him. Yeah. And, and you're, you're touching on a very important point. We just, God's grace is all over our lives. But we only see bits and pieces here and there. But those things point us to, okay, this is God, and he's always faithful. Thank God for those moments we see, Lord took care of me here. Glory to God. And, and you know, they encourage us to have things like that. But what I'll be saying is true. Grace is all over our lives. We just understand very little bits of it. Listen, folks, God is faithful. And we need to, I, I guess, you know, there's, there's, you're filled with psalms. The, the Bible's filled with psalms that speaking of how faithful he is and how, you know, ongoing there is always God's goodness. And even when he corrects us, and this is something we barely understand at all. Even when he corrects us, it's his faithfulness at work correcting us. Right. You know, something, I don't there are parents that we see often that they're not correcting their kids. And so those kids can end up being a burden to everybody around them. And I've seen this firsthand. The, the worst kids I've seen in my life are the most unhappy kids. They're so spoiled, but they're miserable. They get everything they could want, and they are miserable. And, yeah, so anyway, uh, Melissa watched some of the worst kids that, that the planet has ever seen. And both of them at different times, I'd come down the stairs and both of them would say, when are you going to work, Mr. Brett? When are you going to work, Mr. Brett? 
They did not know each other. I watched one in New Jersey, <laughs> and one in Virginia. But the first thing they thought of when they saw him was, "Got to get him out of this house." Yeah. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> Are you related to this person over there? He never spanked them or anything. Yeah. You just have to give him a look. <laughs> I, I constantly brought up rules. <laughs> These are the rules. You don't get to skirt around them. <laughs> Everybody else is with this program. What's wrong with you, Mr. Brett? How come you're not with this program? <laughs> yes, sir. Well, you were talking like it when it been pat in the past about God constantly correcting you. Yeah. That keeps you on course. Yeah. Right. You take a child, you don't correct them, they go off. Yeah. You don't correct them, they go way over here by the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing about God is he's a good father. God is, he's a loving father. And uh, I think that a lot of us, through the choice of free will, we continue. And, and I think there's examples of this in our lives. You see children of God walking off the path and God corrects them. They don't, they're not corrected. You know, they continue making the wrong choices. And they keep going and they keep going. And the thing is, is, God being God, he knows exactly what to do, but I think that sometimes the, the correction is escalated. And the Bible says there is a sin unto death. And so the thing is, is people left to themselves, you're, you're going to end up destroying yourself. And as no man lives to himself, no man dies to himself, you're more than likely going to take somebody with you. They may not get destroyed, but you may ruin their lives. I've seen other people, their lives are such a wreck that they're that they're wrecking other people's lives. And so may God help us that we not be a wreck, but we be a blessing. Mm -hmm. May God help us to be a light, a witness, a testimony. And when we say these things, I know you guys know this, but I'm saying it anyway. It's, it's all God. And it's not me or you. It's always, if we have anything that God is doing right in our lives, the glory goes to God. And so it's important for us to stay in that close communion with God Constantly, you know, living by him and close. I think about Elijah, you know, God, God told him during the, there would be, what was it? Three and a half years with no bread, no water, no rain. And so God took him to a brook where the ravens brought him bread and he drank out of the brook. Listen, that's where God's provision was right there. There wasn't any other place that the ravens were going to bring bread or that the water could be gotten. And when the brook dried up, he God led him somewhere else. A completely different scenario. Our place is to follow God and follow his leading. And to be careful to listen to him as he teaches and corrects and chastens and draws us away or draws us to what he wants us to do. And, the, and when children of God are, are not listening or we're refusing to obey, we get ourselves in trouble. So we'll go ahead and close right there. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you, Lord, for how faithful you are. Lord, we pray that you help each one of us, I pray, Lord, to hear and follow your voice, to be tender toward you and not be hard-hearted. We pray that you help those around us, Lord, to, to, to hear your voice, to fear you, seek you, be found of you, be led of you. And I pray for all of our families, our children, and uh, we pray that you please uh, just guide in all their lives. And thank you for how faithful you've been to us. We ask your blessing on, uh, on all who aren't here tonight for whatever reason, and, and thank you for your goodness and mercy. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you.